Hello, you little dinamitas, and welcome to episode 123 of Hungry in Kentucky. I'm Sarah from Bluegrass Bourbon and Eats, and today I'm joined in Fort Lewis Studios by Carrie. Laissez bon temps, bro. Yes, that. I never know how to say that or what that means, but it is Fat Tuesday. She means let the good times roll. There you go. That's what it means. And it's it's the only time I ever get to say it <laughs> all year. Now I'm just thinking about that song. The good, good times. times oh, by the cars. Yeah, that's it. See, I, I think of uh, I think of the one, I think the one of the, the Blues Brothers. Um, hey, everybody, let the good times roll. It's kind uh, of like a blues, like a blues jazzy tune yeah. or whatever. But it is Mardi Gras too today. Yeah, today's Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday. As we record this, baby. So, uh, yes, uh, Happy Fat Tuesday. Yeah, I think so. Um, when you hear this, it'll be Ash Wednesday, so if that's your bag, start en- enjoy the ashes. Get on the fish. Yeah. <laughs> Friday, it's Fish Friday. It is now. It is fish time. For the next six to seven weeks. I yes, know. I don't know when Easter six is. Weeks, we got that weird, it's leap year this year, we got mm-hmm. that weird extra day in February, so I'm not 100% sure when Easter is this year, but uh, you know, whatever you're going to give up, you got you got one more day here. Um, and then then you're done for a couple of weeks. But hey, I'm excited. The sun's out. It's starting to stay light longer. Mm, I didn't notice that. My malaise is starting to lift. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to get snow last night, and we got none snow. I was say, I woke up this morning, and I was all groggy, and I went to go take all my allergy medicine, and I was like, let's have a little peek on the window. I mean, the snow looks like, oh, it's dry as a bone. It looks invisible. Cool. I'm gonna go back to bed yeah. for a minute. <laughs> so you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy about that. And yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the the Mardi Gras. And you know, last time we were in New Orleans was 2019, and we went to the parade, and we had a super fun, good time with that. And hope at some point to go back because that was so much fun. Okay, so I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. As someone who's never been to New Orleans, might possibly go this year. Not for Mardi Gras, obviously, because it's Mardi Gras and I'm sitting here. Um, but at the end of the year, maybe. We'll see. Anyway, um, what is it like to be there for the parade on Mardi Gras? Like, so I, we, is it as wild as advertised? So we weren't there for like Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras, like mm, not okay. the not the day, like not Fat Tuesday, right? I mean, I, I've used, I've seen video footage and all that kind of stuff, and it just it looks insane, right? It's wall to wall people. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, no, the time to go is once Carnival season starts or the season starts in the in January. And after right after New Year's is over, and it goes from like from January until today, which is the last day. Mm-hmm. But you get parades, you get all of that stuff for the whole entire uh, season, right? And that's mm-hmm. when we went was like okay. at the end of January, beginning of February, right before Fat. T- I think we went like two weeks before Fat Tuesday or okay. something, which is great because yeah, there were people, but it wasn't wall to wall. You weren't smashed in. Mm-hmm. Um, you could watch the parade. You know, you catch all the the. Beach and all the stuff that that people were throwing off the floats and stuff so that that's my recommendation if I, it's like derby or the super bowl i would never actually go want to go to like the main event, the main event fat yeah. tuesday right just because i got to experience a parade without the nonsense <laughs> without drunkards and um you know um bare-chested ladies about At not as many as there would be on fat tuesday <laughs> just say that well, you know, if that's your thing, go for it. But it's, uh, 
I'm fine just seeing a parade, personally, yeah. you know? But like I said, I'd recommend going definitely during, before, during during when carnival season starts and the parades and all that. And yeah, you can find schedules and all that stuff online, but definitely, totally, 100% worth it. And I will say, um, I did celebrate, I guess, uh, kind of hypocritically. <laughs> Would it be hypocritically? I mean, it's definitely not like like real gumbo and that and that type of stuff. I mean, I did have a I did have a can of a uh, of a uh, great value Walmart brand chicken and sausage gumbo soup oh, for lunch. Uh, and then, of course, I had to watch the obligatory New Orleans Designing Women episode this afternoon too. Okay, um, which is where I get a lot of my quotes. <laughs> Sometimes I've still not seen a single second of designing. Oh, it's on Hulu, mm. uh, and, and that's actually that's where that Lazy Bon Tom Ramon comes from because in the episode, Anthony says it, and then Suzanne parrots it back to him, kind mm-hmm. of being like sarcastic, yeah. and that's that's where I get it from. Okay, <laughs> is that that Designing Women New Orleans episode? I wondered where the cadence was from, but. This is it's because that's how Suzanne says they they both time roll out like she kind of being like mm-hmm. you jerk. <laughs> okay, okay, I got you. Um, seems interesting. I often have wondered about that show, and I do still have Hulu for some reason, so maybe I'll watch it. It's still, I mean, yes, it's the eighties and nineties, and obviously some of the they they tackle some issues that were obviously a big deal in the eighties. Like, I mean, AIDS is one of the things that they talk about in in one of the episodes, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, there's some other stuff that is, I guess, uh, relevant to that time period, but I think the episodes still hold up. They're funny. Okay. I'll check it out for sure. Uh, and Easter is on March 31st. Oh, wow. Okay. Excuse me. I don't mean to keep burping into the mic, but you know, that's, if you're, if, if you've never listened to this show before, I burp a lot. You do. And I cut them out. <laughs> Oh, you can leave them in. I, I, I cut. Maybe you can cut out all the times that I just have little hacky coughs. I cut so a lo- you can cut the whole show out. Yeah, I cut a lot of the like the big ones. Like if there's a big <laughs> one, I'm like, God, oh, that's gotta go. <laughs> Fair enough. I think there was last last episode. There was one. And I was like, Yeah, I'm not gonna leave that one in. Your loss, folks. Your loss. So the 31st, huh? Yep. Damn, that seems far away. Because today's the 13th. Yeah. Um, what is that? I guess I can look at my calendar. What's that? It should be six weeks, right? So we got... I think so. I think that, that sounds right. Yeah. Six six-ish. weeks? Yeah, six-ish. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yes. Yeah, six, almost seven okay. weeks, Just, which is what I thought. So, you know, the Lent is 40 days, so... And that's actually not even that's more than 40 days but whatever it's a the it's literally the last day of the month okay march all right so it ends on sunday so that should be easy well there you go yeah um so yeah it's a that time i'm not personally giving up anything i don't reckon do you still do the fish on friday thing though yeah not really if i think about it oh but i'm not like married to it or anything like that um so but yeah i mean it's a good time even if you're not religious i feel like it's a good time to practice some sort of like constraint restraint yes restraint Restraint. yeah so it's not like all bad it's a good time to be mindful 
Yeah. So it's not, you don't have to make it a religious thing. It can mm-hmm. be like, I'm trying to work more on this or I'm trying to be more mindful about that. Yeah. Maybe I'm trying to be less hateful, which I'm not. Uh, I'm trying to be more hateful. There we go. What a <laughs> all right. Then. What a lint that would be if that was true. <laughs> it's not, but um, yeah, I know in the past, like I've given up chocolate or fast food, but I don't know. That just seems like something you do when you're like young. You don't know what else to think about. Yeah, but it is more of a time of reflection on those mm-hmm. kinds of things than it is like just giving up something that you like well and that's the thing too is like you know talking about it in those terms i actually think that it probably if you were going to do something like instead of making a new year's resolution mm-hmm. just wait until it gets to be lint se- linton season and then she's like because you do it f- you do it for a month and then maybe it sticks right and then yep. you're maybe like you come out of lint and you'll be like huh that wasn't too bad yeah right i mean that's a good very good point so something to think about out there y'all if you're if you're looking for ways to better your life. Especially because, you know, person. people are always like, oh, New Year's resolution, that's so hard, and I'm going to be dumb and too, done in with it in two weeks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it's Lenten season, and, maybe you know, maybe there is a little religious religiosity to it. I think that's the word I wanted to use there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, then you're a little bit more mindful of, like, keeping it going, yeah. you know. Or like a spirituality. Yeah, some, yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe whatever. it doesn't even have to be like a re- like religious, but more like a, sp- a spiritual yeah, thing. Mindful. Yeah, mindful. I like the mindful. mindful. There yeah. you go. Yeah, we'll stick with that. Yeah, so if you have something that you'd like to be more mindful about, so, uh, definitely tomorrow's the time to start. It is. And then you got till the 31st, and then you can either continue <laughs> to be mindful about it or say sucks to this, <laughs> but you will have done it for like over for seven weeks. Yeah, that was... Um, I know last year at work as a group, we had decided we were going to pick like a word for the year and try to like stick to that word and doing things about it. So like my, I think mine actually was like being more mindful about oh okay, um, it wasn't the- people and coworkers and about how I talk to people. Huh. Not that I was like yeah. cussing people out on the rig or anything, but like taking a more maybe professional or like not spazzy all the time like mm-hmm. approach to talking to my peers and people above me or whatever the so. bird wasn't your word no no oh, it wasn't i'm a little bit disappointed by that <laughs> and uh, i feel like i've done a lot better at that so well good for you there you go yeah maybe i'll carry it on through lent but anyway but um you could also use lent to try new things and this didn't happen during lent but um one of the foodie type things i did was if you've been listening to Girl Spear Sports, you know, I'm trying to ease a little bit into stouts, just dip a toe. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, me and friend of the show, Brett, from Wine and Pop-Tarts, went to West Six for the Big Beers event. So they do it every year. Um, you pay, you have to buy a ticket. It was like 17 bucks, which really is not bad because you get to sample five five-ounce pours of really stout beers. Now I'm gonna tell. Well, we're talking like 10, 13 yeah, percent, right? These are high gravity. The lowest gravities. one was nine and a half percent. Yeah. And uh, there you get. Then five ounce pours of those are pretty. Those are pretty big. Yeah. Um, and then you get like a commemorative glass, and you get the option to have full pours if you want them. And we bought a bottle and tried it on uh, Girls Beer Sports, and it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, that's something that I've had a borderline fear of for a long time, just because I drank a bunch of them once and got sick. So I never wanted to drink them again. And I mean, that's I'm, fair. That's a fair fear. It wasn't fun coming back up. It was less fun than other things coming back up. Um, but you know, I'm getting older. My tastes are changing. Um, they were all really good. I didn't have one that I didn't like. And honestly, I was really afraid that I was going to be like instantly like buzzed or like have like a massive headache or kind of be like inebriated when I didn't want to be. Um, and I didn't feel that way at all. I did get a headache like real late at night, but you know, it was way after, but, um, so I feel like I did get at that. Oh, good job. I'm proud of you for trying to go out of your comfort zone a little bit. Thank you. But they had a bunch of the snake cakes and then they had like a collab with ethereal brewing that was like a... Um, like a s'mores one almost. Did you all do any Smithtown while you were there? I did. Um, Brett didn't eat. I don't get that. If I'm going to have heavy beers, I got to eat. Yeah, you got to eat something. I got to have something on the stomach. Yeah, that's what messed me up the last time before. That'll do it. Yeah, I had a tour up stomach for a while. but Yeah, speaking of fish and someplace to go for fish, right? If you're looking for Friday fish or any day of the week fish, really, uh, Smithtown seafood is really good. Um, you got to go to the north side to get it, but it's on the corner. It's in West 6, which is on the corner of Jefferson and 6th Street. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool location. Um, you can order there and drink at the bar at the same time, and they'll bring it to you. Um, but I had fish and chips, so I usually get They make it with cod, which I like a good cod. Um, some of their fish, especially the tilapia, they farm in-house. Yeah, it's cool. They have, like, tanks and stuff, and they raise them and everything. Yeah, if you want to see actually how that works, um, we have an article about that on bbneats.com. Mm-hmm. Me and Renee went and took the yeah. tour a long time ago. Yeah. And they let us uh, see the little fishies and all that and see. And they grow some of their, like, microgreens and stuff, too. But it's a pretty cool operation, but they have really good fish. Um and the remoulade sauce is the best. Yeah. And they have really good hush puppies. They do have good hush puppies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and they have stuff that's not fish, too. So mm-hmm. it's they've got stuff for everybody. They have a burger. They have a burger. They have a black bean burger, too. Um, they have some vegan stuff. Um, yeah. They have a lot of different things. They have good, like, fried oysters. You can get oh, yeah. They're, they're good. Yeah. You can get platters. I think they have a lobster roll. They they used to. I don't know if it's still on their menu. I don't remember but seeing it this time. It may not be on their menu they anymore. They have specials. And then I think they change up what kind of fish they have, like specific fish they have for things. Yeah. But on definitely. And it's it, it they give you some pretty good portions, yeah. too. I will say the last time it's I, I remember I being there. Know. Yeah. But definitely recommend that place for sure. Yeah. And um, next year when they do big beers at West Six, would also recommend mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah. Um, I I think my favorite thing I had out of everything was the peanut butter snake cake. Oh yeah. Um, it was the PBSC. I bet. Yeah. Um, it was really good. So would recommend if you're looking for. And also, I that made me change my mind about West Six. To be honest. <laughs> Um, I think I said that on Girl with Spirits. Yeah, because you said because you, you really like Maritwa because you're a sour, you're in at yeah, heart I'm you're a you're a sour girl. Yes, living in a not sour world. Um, but yeah, I'm sour in every sense of the word. Um, so I don't gravitate towards those dark beers, and West Six tends to make their living on a dark beer or an IPA. I or like IPA. their IPA. I, like I don't their IPA fine. Yeah, it's it's hoppy for sure. I don't I don't hate it. I'll drink it. 
but um, getting into the dark beers, that's where you got to go to get good ones that won't just like blow your palate out. Yeah, Ethereal has a couple. Um, Ethereal, when they have the Baba Yaga on, mm-hmm. uh, when they do the Baba Yaga release, that is a really good dark beer. Um, Country Boy, man, their jalapeno porter used to be so good, and I don't even think they have it anymore. Mm-hmm. I think they do. They they bring it back for like anniversaries and specials and stuff. Oh yeah, that used to be really good. But yeah, if you're looking for like any kind of like peanut butter, and you know, Mirror Twin does a good. You me and Mister PB, um, um, Blue Stallion does skippies. it. Your damn Skippy, which it's just your Skippy now. I, I think have the OG your yes. damn Skippy can at home. Yeah, yeah, but that's a good peanut butter. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Uh, one, but it, overall for like variety, West Six, West Six is, is doing right the most. Yeah, yeah, they've got lots of good, and they release things throughout the year that are like Snake Cake is their particular like thing, and then like Mirror Twin has the Chernobyls that mm-hmm. they'll release in mm-hmm. the fall that are all different. They have the regular one and variants. I've had those before, and that's what they do with the Snake Cake too. Like yeah. you'll have a regular Snake Cake, and then you have different offshoots. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was cool. It's good. Yeah. So, check that out if you're looking for stouts. Yeah, for sure. We didn't do any brunch this time around. We just didn't. didn't scheduling just didn't work, line up. Um, we did go to Banners. Yeah. So, that was kind of fun. <laughs> well, it was fun in the sense that I got to go to my neighborhood bar with my friends, Carrie and John. And um, we had a good time. Did you got some some pepper jack cheese balls? Yes, they brought the, they brought back the pepper jack cheese balls. They must have heard my cries. Like late at night, oh, where are the cheese balls? They took them away, and I hadn't been back since I knew they weren't there because I was upset and protesting. And I must not have been the only one because they were like, "We've uh, added some things back to our menu due to popular demand," <laughs> and that was one of them. So I got my cheese balls, and they were delicious, and I loved them. And then uh, I had a salad. I was like, I was like a, a salad, a, yeah. I mean, it had fried chicken on it. It wasn't that great, but. It's a good. They make a good salad. They make a big salad. Yeah, it's a big salad. And so, and I also cut you off a little slice of my Banner Mac, so Mm -hmm. you could try the Banner Mac. What did you think of the Banner Mac? It was good. The patty was thicker than I thought it was going to be, honestly. Mm -hmm. But um, it was actually like a juicy burger, moist, if you will. Boo. Said it. (laughs) Um, but it was good. I liked it. Yeah. It had the little, even with a little um onion. Oh yeah, yeah. It was still good. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thank yeah, you for it that. really does taste like a Big Mac. I think yeah. it's better. I think it's better because the pat the patties are thicker. Yeah, it's not. You don't feel like you're eating like a cardboard whatever. Yeah, it was a big old burger. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. And their fries are good too. Yeah. I want to say I think they double batter them now. They used to have big old steak fries, and now they're kind of like a mid mid level fry. Like a, um, they're not I shoestring. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the, I swear they're double battered. I love a double battered fry. Not gonna lie. Yeah, they started they started serving them at the hospital too. So now, if if I'm at the hospital, my lunch has become a like a like a little cup of soup and then um, fries. Nice. Yeah, it's really healthy. Eh. What I do there, but yeah. Um, Banners is always good. Do you get the when you watch UK games there? You get the two for one shots at halftime. Best drink deal in town. It truly is because those shots are not cheap. Well, and I love how like you know I love how the the wait staff and everybody who works there they just come around your table. Especially UK's. I mean, I guess it's either way. UK's losing or you want to celebrate because they're mm-hmm. they're winning or whatever. They're they're playing well. Um, that's never going to happen again. But um, I di- <laughs> I digress. Um, 
So yeah, they come around. What would you what would you say? Like five minutes before the end of the first half, maybe. Yeah, which even seemed kind of late, but yeah, they came. They so, came before. But they had, there was a, there was a ton of people and it was packed out, yeah, was right? Cool. And um, so she comes around. She's like, I'm just gonna drop this here. <laughs> I'm just gonna because it's two two for one shots on this piece of paper. And you want no pressure, <laughs> wink. No, I'm just gonna wink, wink. Just, gonna, just gonna lay this here. <laughs> Get this one. <laughs> I'm gonna lay it here. Get all these. No, but the the wait staff there is incredible. Nice. Yeah, she was cool. Um, yeah, you and John got bourbon. Mm-hmm. We just got we got we got two. So we split we split the two because I we just took one shot each. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all I needed. Um, but what'd you get? You got a the white sugar bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that? Um, a bunch of sugar and <laughs> vodka. It okay. Like vodka. Well, it's either vodka or I think it's vodka. It's probably vodka. Um, yeah. Because it was kind of burning. But I've had that one a bunch of times before. Okay. But they come in like, they're really big shots. They are big shots. Yes. And they are $8 a piece. So thank God that it was buy one, get one. Yeah. But they're like, they're for sipping. They're not for shooting. Yep. But no, best definitely got to be best halftime drink special in, 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 the, in Lexington. Yeah. And they have a ton of different bourbons. A ton of different mixed drink shots. I had the John Wall shot. Which yeah. I wish I'd I, if I would have seen that on there, I would have gotten. Yeah. For old times' sake. Yep. Um, Used to drink those all the time at Shamrocks when the team was good. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to what else I have because I knew I liked the white sugar bear. But a bar we used to go to like 10 years ago or so now, they would serve, like they were like Ninja Turtle shots maybe, but they were bright green Mm. and they were delicious. It was some sort of vodka and... Like green mixer and then orange mm-hmm. juice. Like a green is no grenadine is not green. No. Um. I, what? I, yeah. I, yeah. Well, yeah. I, know I can't remember about. what it's called. Or car- a curacao maybe. Curacao blue. Do they have green ones? They might. They only have blue ones. Because I know the John Wall shot at Shamrocks had blue curacao in it. Yeah. It had something green in it, but it was good. But they have all those kinds of sugary shots there. Yeah, definitely. If you're if you're gonna go out and watch a UK play, I'll just say play. At this point, um, recommend. Uh-huh. Yeah, Banners is good. Um, fully recommend Banners. Well, and you made some incredibly tasty balls of your own. Speaking of mm-hmm. ball foods. <laughs> yes, I, uh, <clears throat> I made Carrie and Kyle and Lauren uh, eat my balls. And they the were delicious. Yeah, I made some sausage balls. So I was gonna make. Th- I got them to make for my tea and tub Super Bowl party, um, but someone else was already making sausage balls. Sausage balls. So I just decided to make them for me, and then I brought them to the podcast. But um, you can make them. This recipe was with Cheddar Bay biscuit mix, and these were gluten free because I was gonna make them for my gluten free friend. Um, they were good. They turned it's out. Re- I thought they turned out really good. It's a really simple recipe. It's literally just. Cheddar Bay biscuit mix, whichever kind you want, the regular or the gluten free, and then shredded cheese and sausage, just a pound of sausage, and then cream cheese, a break of cream cheese. Yeah, which, you know, when I make them, I kind of just learned from my mom making them, right? And mm-hmm. she always was sausage, bisquick, and then cheddar cheese. And you just mix it and then you put it in the ball form and then you put it in the oven, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to try the cream cheese, though. And I'm going to try the cheddar the cheddar bay biscuit in fact i would just go ahead and say that i'm gonna put you down on the list for the derby party to bring those okay because they were delicious just remind me yes and i'll do it because they're super easy and 
um, a hack I learned. If you have a stand mixer, put the dough hook on there. Let the dough hook do all the work. Because it's, I mean, you're mixing up something kind of doughy. Right. So, and it works really well to like. To get the stuff at the bottom yeah. of the bowl. Because that's what I never could incorporate. Yeah, the paddle has a hard time getting the stuff at the very bottom of the bowl. Mm-hmm. But with the dough hook, like once the meat starts mixing in with the other stuff, it's like, this sounds gross. But it's like the meat's sticky. So then mm-hmm. it's able to like grab, grab a hold it. of the oh, sides of the okay. um, of yeah. the sides in the bottom of the bowl like yeah. the paddle can't do. Mm-hmm. And that's how it does with dough too when you do that, right? Once yep. the dough starts getting sticky and glutinous, that's when it starts grabbing a hold of everything. Sti- so it's the same concept. But. Sticky meat. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Now, but you you got one of them fancy Kitchen Aids, right? Yeah, you got fancy Kitchen Aid. Yeah, and honestly, I don't, I don't think they're like outrageously expensive anymore. I mean, compared to like other things that you buy these days. Yeah, I I, I don't think that the um that like just the the, the base model is it probably a couple hundred dollars, which is still you know it's that's not cheap, but. Right. Not out of not out of reach, but you know, like when I got mine, it was the height of like the KitchenAid craze. Mm-hmm. Everybody had to have a KitchenAid mixer. What, co- what like, color did you get? It's blue, maybe. Nice. It's not Kentucky blue, but it's like maybe the color of your shirt blue. Okay, that's close enough. Yeah, um, I don't like it, and I use it. You can use them for more than baking. He makes sausage balls in them. Did you have the pasta attachment? I do not, because I'm not like bold enough to make my own pasta yet but maybe one day but i do have the dough hook which i've never used to make dough but you can put the paddle on and you can shred chicken with it that way oh so uh, yeah that a lot. Huh. um you just take your cooked chicken and mm-hmm. chuck it in there while it's still hot and then turn it on low with the paddle on and it pulls it all apart oh nice yeah these are good kitchen aid stand mixer tips that's right this, this is, is now a segment aid <laughs> podcast sponsored by kitchen aid <laughs> i wish that'd be cool um but no i'd love to like Make my own pasta, which I've seen so many videos now. It seems like I, it could be I don't, feasible. I don't think it's that difficult, especially when you have one of those roller attachments. Mm-hmm. Because really, if, you, if you've if you ever watched anybody make it, I mean, you just take it, obviously, it's, you have to get the ratio yeah. right. But you take the flour, you make the well, you put the eggs the eggs in whole, mix in. slowly mix in, and incorporate it. And then you have to like really knead it. That's where it gets mm-hmm. difficult, a little bit difficult. But then really, you just let it rest and then put it through your roller. Yeah. Yep. And you're good to go? Pretty much, yeah. Um, and you can make all kinds of different little pastas, whatever you want to make. One day. Maybe that could be like a 2024 or a 2025. Oh, okay. Yeah. Long-term goals. I like it. Like all you got to have long-term goals. Yeah. Yep. Um, we'll get there. For sure. Yeah. And then um, we had a little Super Bowl tea and tub party with my friends. And uh, I took gluten-free brownies to that. Y'all, Betty Crocker's gluten-free fudge brownies with chocolate chips are the bomb. Oh, really? Yes, they're really huh. good. I'm still nibbling on them at my house. Would recommend. If you are somebody that's gluten-sensitive or gluten-free, definitely get them. So they really honestly taste like brownies and yes. consistency at brownies and yeah. all that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, like, they were like a hit. People are like, oh my God, I can't believe these brownies are this good. Because gluten-free stuff can be hit and miss. It, it, yeah, it can. <clears throat> so, uh, that was a good product there. Recommend. Nice. Okay. And then I made little sliders, um, ham and cheese sliders. Out of the Ho- Hawaiian King's White. Gotta have King's Hawaiian. And then, um, two little secrets. You mix Dijon mustard and Kewpie. My Kewpie. Ah. Or whatever The Kewpie mayo. You mix it together and slather it on the bottom bun. And then you ham and cheese it up mm-hmm. with the Swiss. And then you put... 
a mixture of butter, garlic powder, Worcestershire sauce, and poppy seeds. Okay. All over the top. Uh huh. And then you bake it. Nice. And then you cut them into little sammies. So do you, when you cut, when then you your teeth are when, full of poppy seeds. <laughs> when you do the buns, and don't take a don't take a drug test after you eat them no, either, because the pop, gonna, poppy seeds, right? I've been eating a lot of poppy seeds over the past year. Probably looks like I'm just high as hell. <laughs> you won't you won't get to go see the bushman. No. Um, that's a Seinfeld joke. But so do you just leave the buns like on the bottom ones? You leave them like intact. You know what I'm saying? Like you take, you slice yeah, it through the middle. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you don't like right. cut them up individually. No. Yeah, yeah. You leave the whole thing and you just slice it across and then flip the top yeah. over, and then you flip it back over. Nice. And then you can cut them into little ones once it's done cooking. Gotcha. Tips on how to have a Super Bowl party. Wow. So there you go. Yes. Which was or Derby party, because that's that's the one that's coming up next. Yeah. Right. Or get you a Ninja Foodie air fryer, 10-in-1, with the Tender Crisp, and make you some wings straight out the freezer. Nice. Yes. I made those for the Super Bowl oh. at my own house. Oh, okay. We had wings for the Super Bowl. We're up to our eyeballs now in uh, Corky's Wings okay. from QVC, which are really delicious. But we just had them on auto delivery and mm-hmm. forgot about them. And I'm like, we got to stop getting these wings because we got we got ri- too much. We're up to our eyeballs in ribs, Corky's ribs and Corky's wings. Dang. And they're both delicious. Need and, ribbon wings party. again, they're ri- really, you just throw them in the oven or whatever and heat them up and eat them. So there's not a lot to do, you know, you don't have to do a lot of prep with them or anything. But yeah, yeah I was like, we got to stop getting these because <laughs> we got too much. Uh, I just got some frozen wings from the Kroger and they were meaty wings. Yeah. I'll give it to them. Okay. They were better than what you get at some restaurants. Nice. Yeah. We remain nameless. Okay. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> a good food weekend. For sure. Yeah. And we're going to continue the um, food celebrations with some more Mardi Gras talk. Yeah, absolutely. But before we get to that, yes. I have got to, because I know Taco, Taco Bell is like your favorite of all times, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yes. So I had to bring this up. Just because I know how much you love Taco Bell. And Taco Bell is starting to take it to the next level. Did you see where they did their own E3 event? Mm -mm. So basically, you know how like um, Apple and some of these other tech companies or whatever, video game, I don't know, whatever. They have these big events to announce new product lines, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Taco Bell did the same thing. Okay. So... (laughs) This is, I mean, it is crazy. They had a star-studded event, a behind-the-scenes look at a Taco Bell test kitchen, celebrity musical performances, the reveal of new menu items, and an awards segment. <laughs> okay. So they announced new shakes with churro bits drizzled over the top. Okay. Um, they even showed off a new Baja Blast pie. Oh. Yeah. So can we available at all of them? I don't know. But apparently, their um, fast food chain's global chief food innovation officer said it was the best thing that they've ever eaten. Oh. So, they also revealed that a crunch wrap with Cheez-It inside is coming this summer. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And then, after all of that, they had an awards segment that was hosted during the event, the 2024 Bell Awards, (laughs) which celebrates Taco Bell fandom. One such award was the drive through Ride of the Year, an award commemorating the most iconic vehicle to go through a Taco Bell drive through The award went to a man named Cutter Burke for his Taco Bell-themed motorcycle. 
Okay. Yeah, so all this information was from mobilesyrup.com. They huh. were the best one I found kind of digested the event yeah. um, into a manageable <laughs> manageable article. But yeah, I mean, they had a stage and everything just like Apple does. That's hilarious. It's crazy. Did, when, when they came out, were they wearing the headset? I think they were. I honestly <laughs> think they were. Headset. Yeah, I think they were. Nice. For real. It's, I mean, It's not that if you're not wearing a headset. But uh, you go, I say you go Taco Bell. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Not going to lie. And it's just making me like further regret that I had the opportunity to go to the Taco Bell Cantina when I was in California. I was looking right at it and I was like, the Taco Bell Cantina, can we walk? Nah, probably don't need that. Who are you? Well, I had just eaten brunch, literally. Who cares? Oh, and the Taco Bell Cantina has alcohol. You could have at least gone on in and had some kind of Baja Blast alcoholic beverage. Here's the thing. It's not really like it didn't. And maybe you can go in through the back, but it was like a walk-up window. Oh. Like on the beach. Huh. Yeah, it was like. Cool. But it was on the other side of the street when we were ready to cross yet. But yeah. Uh, well, yeah. but yeah, I felt like I really had to bring that article to light or that event to light because I do know how much you love Taco Bell. I do. It's my and favorite. for a fast food restaurant to do that, it's freaking awesome. It's pretty hilarious. I'm sorry. It's hilarious and awesome. Yes. And the fact that they have an award for best vehicle. Yeah. I mean, they already have the Live Moss student section. I mean, why right? not have the award for best um, vehicle to come through the drive-thru? I want to know how you get nominated for that. Yeah, me too. Does, like, do all the drive throughs across the country have to submit, like, the dumbest looking cars that have come through? Or I don't know, because that guy had the Taco Bell motorcycle. Yeah. So that's the Taco Bell themed motorcycle. I wonder if you had to drive it through the drive-thru, though, you know? I think you probably did. Yeah. And then maybe they had it on video or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't, it doesn't say how you would submit. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm noticing now, just another sidebar about Taco Bell. Um, when you go do drive through the drive through, um, you're not supposed to be filming. So I guess so many people like pull up to Taco Bell to do like TikTok and YouTube and stuff. That And there's like big stickers all over the windows. They're like, do not, no filming and no photographs. Oh, wow. At the window. Huh, interesting. Yeah, so. Hmm. The day, the time we live in. Oh, well, Can't even take a video at the Taco Bell window anymore. How rude. rude. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. So now we can get back to, like now we back to some Mardi Gras yes. stuffs. Uh, I'm always ready to take a Taco Bell break. For sure. <laughs> um, so this is um, from Town & Country Magazine. Oh, okay. 10 things you didn't know about the history of Mardi Gras. All right. So this is just like a little, like, short rundown. I got another Mardi Gras history coming up. Nice. And then we still, you know, we got America's favorite segment, too. Yeah. Um, So I'll I'll run through them really quick. So number one, Mardi Gras, uh, the French term for Fat Tuesday, was from January 6th till today, February Mm -hmm. 13th. Yep. So I was about Um, correct. Carnival kicks off after Christmas on the 6th, which is known as Twelfth Night, and then continues through today. A period filled with celebrations, parades, balls, parties, all of which culminate on Mardi Gras. The first North American Mardi Gras was not celebrated in Louisiana. It was celebrated in Alabama. Yep. Uh, French-Canadian explorer Pierre Lemon d'Abreville, d'Abreville? Sure. arrived in what was now modern-day Mobile, Alabama on Fat mm-hmm. Tuesday, 1699. And trust me, those people in Mobile will not let you forget it. I'm sure. He named the location Point du Mardi Gras and threw a little party. Oh, okay, little party. In the years that followed, French travelers would come to the spot explicitly for Fat Tuesday. To this day, Mobile claims to hold the oldest Mardi Gras celebration in the country. 
Um, number three, the traditional colors are purple, green, and gold. Um, and this is because when it was rumored when the Grand Duke Alexis visited in 1872, his welcoming committee handed out purple, green, and gold beads to party goers as they were the colors of his home. The shades came to symbolize festivities and later were given meanings. Purple for justice, gold for power, and green for faith. Number four, the king cake, um, a traditional dessert, has biblical roots. Um, story, you told the story on the last episode. Right, so there's some dispute, right? Yeah. A little bit. Well, the baby is the disputed right. part. Um, this dates back to medieval times when French, Belgian, and Spanish cultures commemorated the 12th day of Christmas with sweets and gifts. This biblically would have been when the kings would have been visiting the newborn baby Jesus, bringing his gifts and sweets of their own. Okay, I'll skip over that because you already talked about king cakes last week. Number five, Gambino's Bakery King Cakes. Um, so keep keep that in mind. Yes. Um, these are this is the most popular um, bakery where you can get king cakes. And uh, you can get them all over the place. If you can't be in New Orleans this year, you can uh, have New Orleans come to you by having this particular king cake. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number six, Mardi Gras became the celebration we know today because of the secret society. That's where all those crews and stuff come from with the parades. Since its first impromptu celebrations in the early 1700s, Mardi Gras was regularly canceled or banned for its destructive drunken parties. Until 1837, when a secret society known as the Mystic Crew of Kamu, Kamus? I'm going to say Kamu. Aimed to elevate the chaotic experience, replacing the debauchery with lavish balls and parties. Number seven, there are more than 70 secret societies or crews involved in today's Mardi Gras festivities. Each crew builds a float to represent their theme, and many include a celebrity guest in their celebrations to regale the audience. Yeah, we saw Dee Snyder when we, with, <laughs> at our parade. Nice. Yeah. Uh, one of the more unusual groups is the crew of Chewbacca's. A society that combines the lovable Star Wars characters with the Greek god of wine. Yep, and they do a parade where everybody's dressed as Chewbacca's. Nice. Yep. Uh, Number eight, Russian royalty has has attended in New Orleans festivities. Grand Duke Alexis Romanov Alexandrovich, brother of the heir apparent to the Russian throne, traveled to Louisiana in 1872 to partake in celebrations. Number nine, each year one ruler is anointed the king of Carnival. The king is selected by the crew of Rex, founded in 1872. God, there was a lot going on in 1872. Yeah, there really was. Was yeah. this just like the year? It was a big time, uh, big time. The king is selected by crew of Rex, founded in 1872, to honor Grand Duke Alexis Romanov Alexandrovich's arrival to New Orleans. Society has chosen a person of distinction every year, and today the mayor presents the king of Rex with the symbolic king in the city. There's two more. Number 10, there's actually 11, so they lied. Um, It is illegal to wear masks in New Orleans, except on Mardi Gras. Masquerade is an enduring tradition of Mardi Gras festivities as an opportunity for people to shed their inhibitions and fully imbibe the party spirit. Uh, New Orleans City Ordinance prohibits wearing masks on any other day, and on Mardi Gras, masks must be removed by 6 p.m. And then finally, each crew hurls party favors into the crowds, which we all know. Um, and there's a, we all know how you get the beans. Yep. So you can. Yeah. I think the next time we go back to New Orleans, whenever that may be, you know, we've we've done the, we did the World War II Museum. We've done the swamp tours. We've done the cemetery tour. I want to do, I want to tour the, uh, the float, the museum. Yes, they have. And you can go, you can go and that they house all Mm -hmm. the floats and you can go and see them. And there's a big history there about the floats and stuff. So that's definitely on my list. That plays directly, though, into everybody wants to try some food. 
And tried we shall. So we already tried one of them. And remember the Gambino's uh, Bakery? We got a cake. Yes. From the Gambino's Bakery via the Kroger. Yes. So Kroger had a bunch of them for sale. Apparently they ship all over the place. And then you can go on their website, which I'm looking at now. Mm -hmm. And you can actually, they have them available all year long. Which I think is probably a uh, faux pas. Maybe to some people, I guess, uh, who are Mardi Gras traditionalists, but they also have ones that you can get that are filled. They have a cream cheese filled one. Ooh, they have a strawberry filled one that looks really good. Mm. They have apple, um, they have strawberry cream, praline cream, chocolate cream. So, yeah, they 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 apparently 1949. Okay. Is their claim to fame there with these king cakes? And that was Joe Gambino, right? Yes, Joe Gambino's Bakery. But, um, yeah, you got it, Kroger. Um, huge. Yes. <laughs> uh, definitely traditional, in my opinion. Yeah. For sure. Because, you know, we had that one at Shamrocks last year. We did. It was a spice cake. It was, a, it was good, though. It was but it good. Was really good. No. But this is a actual traditional king cake. Yeah. So, this was just like, uh, basically like, like a cinnamon roll type like of thing. It was like a croissant cinnamon roll. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. But it, it's flaky. And then it's got cinnamon all strewn about. And then the icing's it's, good. It's kneaded in a rather large uh, braid. Yeah, braid. And then yeah, it has cream cheese icing on top with the uh, green, purple, and uh, yellow. Yeah, sprinkles or like yeah, like a, glittery sprinkles. Yeah. So, really, yeah. I thought it was good. It was good, and we have yet to find the baby. Nope, haven't found a baby. So. Nope. I feel like we split the cake up and we leave here and see who gets the baby after that. Okay, yeah. Well, like we'll like we'll King Solomon it, right? We'll split the <laughs> split the baby. Split the baby in half. Right. Yes. Don't kick the baby. Don't split the baby. Split the baby. Don't <laughs> no, kick the baby. Kick the baby. baby. The yes. Baby. So we also have a savory item on the table yeah. that has nothing to do with Mardi Gras, but does have to do with well, the. It is timely, though. Yeah, it is timely. The Super Bowl, I guess. Yeah. Technically. So there was an ad um, during the Super Bowl for these. These are Doritos Dinamitas uh, sticks. Dinamita sticks. And these are the tangy, fiery lime flavor. Uh, this was the commercial with the two abuelas chasing around whoever they were chasing. Some guy trying to get, trying to get the, yeah. And then um, um old girl shows up at the end, Jenna Ortega. Yeah. And is like, now I'm going to take these. And they're like, what the... And then I really didn't get it. Yeah. It, it, the commercial was fine. It was funny with those two old ladies yeah. running around. They were like ziplining and stuff. Yeah. But uh, so honestly, to tell you the truth, I thought these were going to be Taki-like. So I thought they were going to be more like a like a corn chip, like a mm-hmm. rolled, like like Takis are, right? Yeah. They are not. These are like Andycap uh, fries, if you know what Andycap's fries are. They are. are. And they're good, though. Yes. Man, I used to love Andycap's cheese fries. Me too. Man. They sold them at my mamma's store, and I'd eat them like. Crazy. Oh, I like the hot fries. The hot fries. These kind of remind me of the hot fries. A little bit, but except the, tangier. The flavor, the like, fries, Ooh, you nice. really get flavor on them for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get that lime. They're really limey. Yeah, they're good though. I like them. They're light. Mm-hmm. They are medium. They're not hot. Um, they're good. They had other flavors. Three or four other flavors. Um, but I felt like this would be the ones that we would both like yeah. the most. Mm-hmm. I know for sure there was a ranch. Maybe a barbecue. Okay. Ooh, I bet barbecue would be good. Possibly. And maybe one more. I feel like I remember four different color bags. Mm. But They're good, though. But, yeah, they are basically... If you know... If you've ever had, like, an handicap product, mm-hmm. that's kind of what they are. Do you think that's just regional? 
or I don't know. Is that like nationwide or worldwide? I'd have to look that up. Yeah, I'm not going to right now. I'm not either. <laughs> no, no offense to anyone personally, yeah. but yes, I'm not going to either. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's what they are. They're just they're lightly fried corn sticks, I guess, of with uh, with flavoring on them. They're good. Yeah. If you want to look them up, dear listener, it's Andy C A P P S. Yes. And it was a cartoon character. It was yeah. a comic book character way back Kinda when. Kind of like a Cockney looking. Yeah, he treated his wife like crap. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he <laughs> was, was like, real uh, fine upstanding. So. That was the premise of the, of the whole of the thing. Yes. Of the comic. But uh, good fries, though. Had good had good, had good snackies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. But that was good. That was a good combo. I like that. Yeah, a little the sweet. King, little cake, king cake and then the Super Bowl commercial yeah. Dorito things. I thought that would tie in. I got these before I knew they were going to be in a Super Bowl commercial. So there's that too. And then I was like, well, we got to try them after, right after the Super Bowl. So there you go. And then if you want to hear our, I guess, Super Bowl commercial thoughts, we'll probably talk about that on. Oh, yeah, Girls for sure. Commercial. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. It's going to be like half the show. Nice. That, between, between that and the game, good lord. Yeah, I have thoughts. Okay, but now my thought is about um, America's other favorite segment, the Hinky History Lesson. <laughs> Seems like it's a little tinny right now because I'm congested. But that's okay. When is that ever not happening? <laughs> um, so, it's my turn, and it is Mardi Gras. And it is Fat Tuesday. And we always talk about food, but we mm-hmm. never talk about drinks. Oh, I like so this. I, I like where this is going. We I- would talk about two the two Mardi Gras drinks. Okay. Um, which I thought of one right away and then when I saw the other one I was like, Wow, I hate myself for not thinking about this one too. I'm not a good bourbon fan. Oh, you're going to Saz? Yeah. Mm. But first we're gonna start with the hurricane. So both of these came from Wikipedia. <laughs> Because they were both fairly short. Yeah, so I like it. I like where you're headed with this. Yeah. Though. Okay. So, the Hurricane Cocktail is a sweet alcoholic drink made with rum, lemon juice, and either passion fruit syrup or fashionola. I don't know what that is. Um, <coughs> it is one of many popular drinks served in New Orleans. It is traditionally served in a tall, curvy, eponymous hurricane glass. Disposable plastic cups are also used because New Orleans laws... Per, uh, permit drinking in public and leaving a bar with a drink, but prohibit public drinking from glass containers, like every other major city. Currently, the oldest known references to the Hurricane Cocktail date back to the drink's creation back to at least 1938. In 1939, in Queens, New York, it was served at the 1939 and 1940 New York World's Fair at the Hurricane Bar, but it's unknown what gr- ingredients were used to prepare the Hurricane drinks that were sold there. The best representation of the original recipe and look of the hurricane drink is depicted in the October to December 1938 produced and July 1939 release of the Warner Brothers film Naughty But Nice, where the original hurricane drink appears to be simply lemonade or lemon juice with the addition of a generous portion of rum with little or nothing else added to to that. What? Okay, that's a weird sentence. (laughs) Let me start again. Okay. Where the original hurricane drink appears to be simply lemonade or lemon juice, with the addition of a generous portion of rum, with little or nothing else added to it that would give it any appearance different from lemonade. The hurricane cocktail's similar appearance to ordinary lemonade plays a major role in the film's storyline, which is about a teetotaling professor, Donald Hardwick, played by Dick Powell, who accidentally gets drunk from the cocktail in several scenes of the film due to the drink's identical look to the non-alcoholic lemonade he typically orders. 
I've never seen this movie, so I don't know. I have never seen that movie either. And I am a William Powell fan, not a Dick Powell fan. Got it. <laughs> Just want to clear that up. <laughs> in case anyone was concerned. William Powell's in The Thin Man. Dick Powell's in that movie. Mm-hmm. And he's drunk, apparently. The drink seen in the film does not have the now iconic red color typically found in hurricanes served today. The glass the hurricane is served in is a standard highball glass instead of the iconic hurricane lamp shaped glasses used today. Within a few years after the film's release in the 1939 and 40 World's Fair exhibition in New York ended, uh, different variations of the drink began to form. The most popular association uh, the hurricane cocktail has today is with Pat O'Brien's chain of bars and restaurants, and particularly their New Orleans location. Creation of the passion fruit flavored relative of the daiquiri is credited to New Orleans tavern owner Pat O'Brien. The bar allegedly started as a speakeasy called Mr. O'Brien's Club Tipperary, and the password was Storms of Bruin, or Storms Bruin. So that is the history of the hurricane, which is not right. Yes. Well, it's interesting, though. Um, and I've been to Pat O'Brien several times. You know, I've told this story before. Is when in 1996 when we went there with the UK's band for the SEC tournament. And, was, you know, the Supreme, the, the state Supreme Court of Louisiana gave us a reprieve and we were allowed to go to Pat O'Brien's. And I think we still might have a, gla- a glass from that time period floating around here somewhere. Nice. Like yeah. a hurricane glass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, I don't care how like touristy it is or whatever. It Really, honestly, I've had hurricanes at different places, and that mm-hmm. really is the best place to go. It okay. honestly is. Good to know. I'll keep that in mind for if I go there. Okay, and then the other uh, one is about the Sazerac, as Carrie alluded to earlier. So the Sazerac is a local variation of a cognac or whiskey cocktail originally from New Orleans, Named for the Sazerac de Forge et Fils brand of cognac brandy that served as its original main ingredient. Here come a bunch of French words that I can't <laughs> pronounce, and that was a, a string of them. Um, the drink is most traditionally a combination of cognac or rye whiskey, absinthe, peychauds, bitters, and sugar, although bourbon whiskey is sometimes substituted for the rye, and herb saint is sometimes substituted for the absinthe. Don't know if I said that right either. Who cares? Some claim that it is the oldest known American cocktail with their origins in antebellum New Orleans, although drink historian David Wondrich is among those who dispute this. An American instance is a published usage of the word cocktail to describe a mixture of spirits, bitters, and sugar can be traced to the dawn of the 19th century. Okay. That was way before antebellum time. Mm-hmm. So, makes sense. Was, de- no, was no 1852 or whatever that the uh, for the King K or the Mardi Gras uh, 1872. I'm sorry, that would have been antebellum too, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind, kind of the out. Of. They're coming. You know, yeah. as the, the Civil War had ended in 1865. So yeah, yeah. So we're in the throes. Close. Of the antebellum, yeah. Kind of. I don't remember exactly when. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Sazerac, That's baby. Right. The defining feature of the Sazerac is its method of preparation which commonly involves two chilled old-fashioned glasses. The first glass is swirled with a wash of absinthe for its flavor and strong scent. The second glass is used to combine the remaining ingredients, which are stirred with ice, then strained into the first glass. Various anisettes, such as pastis, pernod, or herb strength, are common substitutes when absinthe is unavailable. In New Orleans, herb saint is most commonly used due to the absence of Absence of absinthe. Wow. Try to say that. Absence of absinthe. In the U.S. market from 1912 till 2007. Mm -hmm. I have had absinthe 
exactly two times and both times was not good. Well, and again, I still maintain that there's like a, there's a, a, a lot of urban myths and legends around absinthe, but you know, whatever. It's just so alcoholy. Yeah. Is my thing about it. But anyway. Around 1850, Sewell T. Taylor sold his New Orleans bar, the Merchants Exchange Coffee House, to become an importer of spirits, and he began to import a brand of cognac named Sazerac de Forge de Fields. Meanwhile, Aaron Byrd assumed proprietorship of the Merchants Exchange and changed his name to Sazerac Coffee House. On October 2nd, 2019, the Sazerac House opened to the public as a museum and immersive experience that shares the history of New Orleans cocktail culture, including the Sazerac. So there's somewhere else for so that's, you to go. That's another place on my list that I've seen people saying that they've gone. And I was like, oh, so it opened in 2019. It probably opened like right, right after, after we were there. Yeah. Sounds like it. Uh, legend has it that Bird began serving the Sazerac cocktail made with Sazerac cognac imported by Taylor and allegedly with bitters being made by the, the local apothecary, Antoine Amadie Pechaud. The Sazerac coffee house subsequently changed hands several times until around 1870 when Thomas Handy became its proprietor. It is around this time that the primary ingredient changed from cognac to rye whiskey due, the, due to the Felixor... Phylloxera epidemic? I don't know. That's one I've never heard of. Due to the phylloxera epidemic in Europe that devastated the vineyards of France. Hmm. At some point before his death in 1889, Handy recorded the recipe for the cocktail, which made its first printed appearance in William T. Cocktail Bill Boothby's The World's Drinks and How to Mix Them in 1908. Although his recipe calls for Selner bitters, not Peychaud's. After absinthe was banned in the United States in 1912, it was replaced by various anise-flavored liqueurs, most notably the locally produced Herb Saint, which first appeared in 1934. By the early 20th century, simple cocktails like the Sazerac had become rare, which eventually rekindled their popularity. The creation of the Sazerac has also been credited to Antoine Amade Peychaud, the Creole apothecary, mentioned before, who immigrated to New Orleans from the West Indies and set up shop in the French Quarter in the early 19th century. He was known to dispense a proprietary mix of aromatic bitters from the old family recipe. According to popular myth, he served his drink in the large end of an egg cup that was called a coquetier in French, and the Americanized mispronunciation resulted in the name cocktail. Oh, interesting. This belief was debunked when people discovered that the term cocktail as a type of drink first appeared in print at least as far back as 1803, and it was defined in print in 1806 as a mixture of spirits of any kind, water, sugar, and bitters, vulgarly called a bittered sling. Hmm. That's the end. Yeah. Okay. So, that was almost a cool piece of history until it was deep. <laughs> so, I was, we, we've gone to the, the hotel, the bar, um, and now I am blanking on the, the name. Yeah. And so, we, we have been there and had a Sazerac, right? Yeah. Um, that hotel and that bar is really nice. So, definitely a uh, recommend on that one. For sure. So, we've got some, I believe, baby Saz floating around here somewhere. I think I know where it is. And it's just that they call it baby Saz because it's in the small bottles, right? Yeah. Um, it is very difficult to find Sazerac around here. The 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 rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. Because, and it's, I'm not making this up, right? I know what yeah, you're going to say. They, they ship it all to New Orleans. It's made by Buffalo mm-hmm. Trace and it's very hard to find Buffalo Trace products here in general, especially yeah. 
but so that's right because like you said they send it all to new yeah. orleans and then that's why you can't get a bunch of their bourbon because they send them to like japan and places like that yeah but definitely the sazerac <laughs> in particular mm-hmm. if you see it highly recommend picking it up um, yeah, because you won't see it very no, often. No, because you will not see it very often. It's good, though, and I do like, I still, I think I prefer an old-fashioned over a Sazerac, mm-hmm. um, personally. Yeah. But it is, it, it's one of those cocktails that, yeah, if you're in New Orleans, you got to have that, you got to have a hurricane, in my uh, opinion. I've had a hurricane, not a New Orleans hurricane, but uh, just a hurricane. I've never had a Sazerac that I can remember. Maybe I have... And I just don't remember it, and I've, it probably just tasted too much like an old fashioned. Yeah, it's been a, it's fashion. been a minute since I've had one, just because it wouldn't be something I would typically order. You know, right. I would be more likely around here if we went out to dinner. First of all, I'm going to order a dirty martini, but of John the dirtier the better. <laughs> right. John would be more likely to order an old fashioned, same, and not necessarily a Sazerac. Yeah, I'm, if it were on the menu, the drink menu called out specifically. Like, this is our mixed drink menu, and a Sazerac is on there. I would try it. Yeah. Because that's usually what I do. But yeah. I mean, you're safe to get an old-fashioned. Absolutely. Anywhere. Yeah. Well, and, and with the hurricane thing, too, like, Pat O'Brien's is still, in my opinion, the best. I've had some really bad hurricanes that have just been basically watered-down fruit Sugar. punch yeah. that aren't good. But, yes, that is one thing you have to be careful with the hurricane. Um, because it does have a lot of sugar in it, mm-hmm. and that will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> it will kill you dead. You know what else has a lot of sugar in it? No. This Mountain Dew I'm drinking. Does it? Yeah, because we're we're winding down now. And it, that was a good history, though. I like yeah. I like the I like the pivot to the drinks. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and there's because I thought about doing like a, a short little blast about like for a second I thought let's do like a whole Mardi Gras meal from like T to B, you know, top mm, to bottom. Yeah. And you start out with a drink, and then you have, like, a little app, maybe, and then you have the meal, and then you have your dessert. Mm-hmm. But we'd already talked about the king cake last year, and there's several different, like, foods that you could choose yeah. to eat today if you wanted to. Like, you could get some jambalaya. Red beans and rice, a yeah. lot of people do. Etouffee, gumbo, po' boy, mm-hmm. that was all there. And then you could have, like, your beignets, it's a little yep. app. Um, but yeah, I thought let's give the drinks some love. I like it. Do something different. I like it. Yeah. So cool. Thank you. So this Mountain Dew. Yeah. It's, something. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely full of sugar. I'm, this is what we'll get. And I bet beans. since since most of the stuff that you drink tends to be sugar free, yeah. I can imagine that this is just a freaking sugar bomb for you. Yeah, this is like the fully leaded Mountain Dew. It's not the this not diet. It's not the zero. This is the real deal. This is the Mountain Dew Purple Thunder, um, with a blast of berry, plum, natural, and artificial flavors. I'm gonna say they're all artificial. artificial. <laughs> um, but there's nothing natural about that color. And honestly, it didn't taste like a berry or a plum. It tasted like artificial grape. Which is fine. I like. Did you say it tasted grape. like great big league chew? It does taste like great big league chew. It took me a while to think of it. I was like, this tastes like something that I've had as a child. Um, so it's it's quite grapey. I didn't really get plum off of it, but I'll be honest, I don't eat a lot of plums, so I'm not sure that. It's I'd a subtle flavor, so flavor. I think anything would cover it up. I mean, there's what appears to be a berry on here. Uh, maybe like a raspberry, but it's also purple. Hmm. And I've not had a purple raspberry. Maybe it's supposed to be a blackberry. I don't know. Again, there is nothing natural about the color of that beverage at all. Um, 
I'll just be real honest with you. It looks like a chemo. I saw someone make it yesterday. So okay. there you go. All right. <laughs> Cures cancer. No, it doesn't. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I'm it joking. Only causes it. I'm jo- oh, there you go. We're joking. <laughs> joking. Not really. Yes. Don't sue us. Um, yes, it's not a medical podcast. Uh, it just happens to look like something's might was compound. Hey, you know. You know, it's fine. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm drinking. And if you like grape, big league chew, give it a shot. There you go. And lots of sugar. Yeah. And unnatural colors of things if that aren't natural in nature. If you look if you like a pale purple <laughs> a lilac almost. There you go. It's a dark lilac. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I got the cherry limeade clear American fizzy water. It's pretty good. There needs to be more cherry. It's mm. too much lime too and not enough lime. cherry. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Um we were also talking about this before the podcast, Super Bowl ad related. There's an ad for poppy soft drinks. Uh, they're prebiotic soft drinks. I've had them a lot in the past, um, trying to deal with tummy issues. And um, they're all fairly decent. They have a cherry limeade flavor in one. That's choice. It's very good. They, you think they work? I don't know if they work. Or oh, not. But, um, psych- psychologically. They say they have prebiotics in them. I don't even know what that is. It's like a probiotic, but pre. But pre, okay. I don't know. Um, it's like an unborn biotic? Well, they're like, it's a gluten-free drink, and it's still fizzy like pop. Oh, okay. It's like sugar-free. Gotcha. It has like stuff for your gut biome. Not enough to make like a life-changing difference, I wouldn't say, mm-hmm. but I mean, can't hurt. Yeah. But they have a bunch of flavors, and they have a chain line made. It's, it's good. actually good. That's probably my favorite one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Cool. I missed that commercial. That's not in my mind for some reason. Yeah, it wasn't like big and unmemorable or whatever. But it was there. Yeah. All right. Good deal. Yeah. And um, we're here, and we're on uh, Twitter and Instagram at hungryky. Uh, I'm on the Gmail hungryky@gmail.com. Um, you can find the show every other Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts, and then. If you want to see me sometimes post on our blog account, we're at Bluegrass Beverly Eats on Facebook and Instagram, and we have a website where you can read about things like the food chain at West Six, where they grow the fishies, um, and that is bbandeats.com. And then where do we find you at, Carrie? On Twix at GRLS Beer Sports, on Instagram, on Facebook, everywhere. Good podcasts are free. Thanks again for listening to Hungry in Kentucky. And as always, stay hungry, Kentucky.